Sometimes uh, if they need to relocate uh, because the family members are being haunted uh, for interrogation, for receiving threats, so we would uh, uh, support the relocation uh, funding, uh, living expenses, and in some extreme uh, circumstances, we have to extract them and rescue them uh, out of the imminent harm, like uh, what I did um, just uh, two weeks ago. We successfully rescued a family, a Christian family of four. Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Recently had the opportunity to visit with Bob Fu. Bob is one of the leading voices in the world for persecuted faith communities in China. We had Bob here on Mid-South Viewpoint recently talking about his visit to the Millington area for the Voice of Martyrs Advanced Conference. Bob, we were having such a great time, I felt, on the conversation, sharing your heart, your passion for the persecuted church in China. I felt like we needed to continue, but the enemy of this program is time. Bob Fu is back with us. Bob, welcome back to Mid-South Viewpoint. Thank you, Byron, for having me again. Bob, it is great to have you back. Let me just give our listeners who might have not heard the first show we did, let me remind you that the program is available on Mid-South Viewpoint Radio, which is on our botradionetwork.com website on an archive. You can also go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, podcast. And there's other forms that you can hear that first program. But Bob was born in China, mainland China, raised there, a student leader during the Tiananmen Square demonstrations for freedom and democracy in 89. He graduated from the School of International Relations at the People's University in Beijing, also taught English to Communist Party officials at the Beijing Administrative College and the Beijing Party School of the Chinese Communist Party from 93 to 96. As a house church leader in Beijing and so he and his wife, Heidi, were in prison for two months for illegal evangelism in 1996. Bob and Heidi fled to the U.S. as religious refugees in 1997. And then back in 2002, Bob founded China Aid to bring international attention to China's gross human rights violations and promote religious freedom and the rule of law in China. Now, China Aid was founded back in 2002 on the announcement of death sentences for five Chinese house church leaders. In response, China Aid started to expose, encourage, equip. You issued your first press release after meeting with members of Congress and their staff, revealing the details of these cases with then-Chinese President Zhao Zemin, and you launched a letter-writing campaign and sent its first team of trained human rights lawyers to defend those being persecuted. Now, what was the result, Bob, of that initial effort? The initial effort actually uh, led to the creation of uh, the Ministry of China Aid was phenomenal. It was a really uh, nothing but a miracle that after we launched a, a major legal defense by hiring 58 lawyers with the highest uh, political intervention, uh, including President Bush, George W. Bush, uh, on attention and intervention, and of course uh, the international media attention. Uh, that story was reported by all the uh, medias, uh, the mainstream medias on the front page, including the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal, and many others, of course, and millions of brothers and sisters' prayer. After we launched the campaign, all the five death sentences 
uh, brothers and sisters were overturned. We have uh, four brothers and sisters were even declared innocent um, by the court. And unfortunately, the Chinese uh, public security um, took over and um, resentenced, um, I mean, with the executive uh, administrative uh, authority, uh, sentenced them to re-education through labor later on. But those five who were sentenced to death uh, were all commuted, and uh, the court sent to uh, the case for retrial. Um, so that is a, a major, major victory. Yes, it is. Well, I want to talk about some of the aspects of China aid as you seek to help those persecuted Christians in China. Some of the areas that you work is to expose the abusers, encourage the abused, and to equip the leaders. I want to get as much in as we can on the limited time that we have. But as we talk about exposing the abusers, by what means do you expose the systematic persecution, harassment, torture, and imprisonment of Chinese Christians and human rights lawyers in China? How do you do this, Bob? It sounds like an incredible task. Well, Byron, uh, as you know, back to the late 1990s, actually not so many people even were aware from the West about the seriousness of the uh, religious persecution and um, even the revival and persecution um, among the house churches because both uh, the Chinese uh, regime and really the mainstream media had been unable to access those uh, information uh, due to the Chinese government uh, information censorship and uh, control and propaganda. So that's why, you know, the brothers and sisters, uh, when they were in prison, nobody knew. And then that translated into further abuses because uh, when those Chinese uh, communist uh, security guards or authorities uh, think they can do whatever they want without uh, the world knowledge, without uh, anybody who advocate for them, they are becoming more emboldened um, to further abuses. So we start up with, um, of course, when we learn about these cases with the family's consent, we immediately issued um, public report, media report, uh, through press releases, and then um, congressional leaders would invite me and others to testify, and um, the European Parliament, the UK Parliament, the Dutch Parliament, and even the Taiwan Parliament, and they start inviting me and the witnesses to testify. And then we issue our annual persecution report, and that has been adopted, at least in a large portion, uh, quoted, uh, cited by the U.S. Annual Human Rights Report, the U.S. State Department Annual um, the Global Religious Freedom Report, the Congressional Executive Book Commission Report, and the Tom Lantos Human Rights Report. So there are a lot of uh, uh, reports going on. So that will that help further expose these uh, uh, abuses and make those um, uh, those brothers and sisters' names and the conditions were known to the world so that we can pray specifically and also to make the abusers known uh, because oftentimes those were abusers, those torturers um, were 
uh, hidden. I mean, those uh, we 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 don't know uh, who are those abusers. So we have a, a list of those torturers and those uh, human rights violators. And now, according to a newly passed U.S. law called the Global Magnitsky Human Rights and Accountability Law, the U.S. government and the president can sanction uh, those abusers, uh, hold them accountable by uh, refusing their visas to enter into the free uh, the United States and freeze their financial assets both for those abusers and their family members. Well, what are some of the challenges, Bob, to exposing these abusers? The challenges, of course, is about the accuracy of the reports and uh, the uh, access to these uh, abuse reports because, again, you know, China has uh, built up this so-called Internet, uh, the Great uh, Internet Firewall. Really, I call it the 21st century internet cyber burning wall through which um, the Chinese netizens, you know, 1.3 billion people could not have access uh, to you know, YouTube, to uh, uh, Facebook, uh, to Twitter, so everything. Uh, I mean, even, you know, in the West, uh, we, we, we are, uh, you know, able to see this, uh, uh, this, uh, uh, over uh, the, the media, uh, of course, social ordinary social media are totally forbidden and censored. So we need to um, really knock down this firewall. And we have technology. Unfortunately, the U.S. bureaucracy in the government still has this uh, uh, kind of a slow down process um, prevent us from doing that. That's the most challenging thing. And another thing is uh, there is some political correctness in the mainstream media and even in some big human rights organizations because of the secularism and the political correctness, they don't want to um, report much about uh, persecution against Christians. You know, I mean, the, any word uh, that connects with Christianity or Christians uh, in the West, um, because of this uh, political correctness, um, the uh, mainstream media is very reluctant to report. Um, but I think nowadays, because of uh, our persistent uh, effort and uh, brothers and sisters' uh, uh, prayers, um, we have a breakthrough. So now uh, the mainstream media and the parliaments and even the congressional members are talking more and more about the Christian persecution. And remember, globally, the, the Christian community has received the biggest threat and the largest proportionally uh, persecution among other uh, faith communities. Uh, of course, in China, we have seen uh, ethnic uh, Muslim community recently received uh, a very brutal, uh, violent um, uh, campaign against them. The Uyghur community, uh, between one to three millions are in the concentration camp. And most of them are actually Muslims. Do you help support their religious liberties also, or are you focusing primarily on Christians? Well, as a Christian organization, of course, our resources are more directed to expose the uh, persecution against Christians. But, you know, when we talk about religious freedom, we're not only 
talk about religious freedom for Christians, because if it's only Christians have freedom, while others, people of faith, are still being persecuted, that's not called freedom. That's not called religious freedom for all. Well, Bob, let's move into the way you encourage those who are being abused. Now, you financially, through China Aid, support Chinese Christians and their families who have been persecuted by the Chinese government. Help our listeners understand why this is such an important aspect of the work you do. Yes, of course, you know, as fellow brothers and sisters, when we see and know those brothers and sisters who are imprisoned, who are abused, who are tortured, and who are illegally detained or whose Bible were being confiscated. And we, uh, the first thing we can do besides prayer is to take this prayer uh, for actions by financially supply and uh, support uh, we call FOP, family prisoners. And oftentimes when one family member is imprisoned um, for their faith, the, the wife will uh, face hardship um, in raising the children, the children's education would be in jeopardy. The authorities knew if your family member is a Christian, then sometimes the children would be cut off from education, and even the family's welfare would be cut off. So we have a specific FOP family prisoner fund that people can donate, and and we will, whenever we, we, we see the need, we will immediately send some funding to support the family. And sometimes uh, if they need to relocate, uh, because the family members are being haunted uh, for interrogation, for receiving threat, so we would uh, uh, support the relocation uh, funding, uh, living expenses, and in some extreme uh, circumstances, we have to extract them and rescue them uh, out of the imminent harm, like uh, what I did um, just uh, two weeks ago. We successfully rescued a family, a Christian family of four with two children, husband and wife, and four-year-old and eight-year-old boys in the family. We also, of course, have Christmas uh, Bible projects. We, um, of course, the Word of the Lord is the uh, most encouraging thing for them during the most difficult times. So we uh, work with the uh, Voice of Marchers and other missions organizations, uh, sending the uh, the audio Bible players um, with the whole Bible and thousands of uh, uh, worship songs and the sermons and even evangelistic uh, tools the audio form uh, stored in a little chip and uh, into uh, uh, like a MP4 p- uh, Bible players, and we distribute thousands of them uh, each year. So that uh, kind of only takes about $50 per package with the children, hard copy children Bible attached, and with some uh, Christmas uh, uh, gifts um, like uh, pencils, pens, school supplies for the children, uh, for those who are not allowed to even enter into the church or have a Sunday school. So we're doing that. Was it difficult for these monies to reach these families, especially with the government being so controlling? Well, um, is it difficult uh, to do that? Uh, If we do that uh, outside China, it will be very difficult uh, to smuggle them in. And plus, you know, shipping would be illegal if we do that outside China. But the good thing is, by God's grace, I can see that 
in too much detail. No, I understand. Advertising. So these are things. Uh, every item was made inside China and legally by some creative ways. God has His way, doesn't He? Yes, yes. We don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to talk about equipping the leaders. You provide leadership and rule of law training for Christian and church leaders in China to defend their rights under both Chinese constitutional law and the international law. Now, Bob, if there are laws currently set up in China to defend the rights of Chinese Christians, why are there so many being persecuted for living out their faith in Jesus Christ? Yes, Byron, you raise a very, very good question. The dilemma or the irony is that, you know, if you look at the China's own constitution and many laws, Article 36 of the China's constitution, it actually explicitly says that the Chinese citizens is guaranteed for freedom of religious belief. And many other laws even forbid torture, forbid um, enforced disappearance and illegal detention and uh, abuses. Um, but that the problem is that rarely the Chinese own government, uh, own police force, own law enforcement obey its own laws. So that's why part of our legal, uh, I mean, the equip, we uh, train those uh, Chinese church leaders and the human rights uh, lawyers and the, and the Christian legal defenders uh, how to be familiar with these laws and with the specific steps, um, really, by follow the legal steps uh, to launch the legal defense uh, for every persecuted brothers and sisters uh, through the court of law, through the petitions, and we basically really uh, promote the real rule of law when the persecutors are discarding uh, brutally against his own uh, letter of the laws. Um, so that's one way we're equipping. Another perspective China has been doing that the outside world are not aware is we are also conducting the uh, biblical uh, training, especially the biblical worldviews. And uh, we, you know, Chinese church is still a very young church, and we don't have a Martin Luther King uh, Jr. We don't have uh, Bonhoeffer. We don't really have this um, Tao Kaohsiung, who uh, wrote so many articles and books and the speeches on how the Chinese, uh, uh, how the Christians can can be uh, um, uh, actively participating in civil duties in the court of law and uh, even the uh, public offices. And um, partially, of course, the Communist Party's uh, suppression uh, for Christians. But, uh, you know, we need this kind of a biblical worldview training. So over the years, we have trained thousands, thousands um, of Chinese Christians, Christian, especially leaders, on the biblical worldview and, uh, and and how basically the biblical teachings on law, education, on the uh, political affairs, on media, and how really uh, Christians should uh, engage with the media, conduct uh, the uh, public, uh, um, uh, you know, press. Um, so we're preparing really uh, for the, uh, Christians um, uh, to have a, a solid um, a biblical worldview, uh, even to prepare them for post-communism uh, democratic China. They can engage the civil society to um, prepare 
you know, like, um, you know, how can we build a, a, a Chinese Christian version of bot radio, Christian radio, you know, a, a Christian version of CNN uh, with a Christian worldview. So uh, that's kind of things uh, China Aid has been uh, doing. Um, and uh, I think at the end of the day, even the persecution stops, um, uh, Chinese Christians still need uh, the uh, biblical uh, equipping to learn the word of the Lord and uh, how to interpret it and uh, how to teach uh, the Chinese uh, Christians uh, to uh, exegete and um, and uh, apply these words uh, into the life and the world. You know, Bob, that's interesting that you say that. I was just reflecting back on the former Soviet Union communist regime. After 70 years of domination, you know, when the walls came down, there was this moral vacuum among many those that lived in the Soviet Union trying to find their identity. And here you're saying that even before the persecution stops, before the potential of a new Chinese era, a new government in the land of China, a democracy for the people, you're actually preparing and training the hearts of people to think ahead on how they're going to move forward when the the possible under God's mighty hand would allow there to be a democracy in China. Absolutely. Um, that's uh, one thing I see we should pro- proactively uh, engage because uh, the inevitability for China to become a democracy um, is uh, sooner or later it will come. At the same time, uh, the sociologists uh, already projected by 2040, the number of Chinese Christians will reach at least 240 million. So that will, like 20% of China's population will become Christians. And history from South Korea to Taiwan, I mean, to Singapore, and even, you know, to uh, Brazil or, you know, other modern democracies have taught us that uh, when Christian population has reached to a certain uh, percentage, like 15-20%, a society uh, can be declared as a Christianized nation. So China will become a Christianized nation in 20 years. Uh, So the problem is uh, whether the Chinese Christians and the world have uh, prepared uh, for the Chinese Christians uh, to actively you know, you engage uh, with the civil society to be a, uh, a participant instead of a passive, just, uh, you know, uh, kind of a one-sided withdrawal from society. Yes. Uh, I think uh, we should encourage that. We should in- equip them uh, to be prepared. Well, Bob, we're running out of time, and I quickly want to help our listeners to engage the work of China A. There's two ways they can do that. First of all, we talked last time we got together about the letter-writing campaigns to U.S. representatives on behalf of many who are in prison for their faith in Christ in China. Our listeners can be involved. Now, I encourage you, friend, to go to the website, chinaaid.org, chinaaid.org, to learn about these campaigns. Would that be the best way to start, Bob, if you want to learn how you could actually write a letter, support those being persecuted in China? Uh, yes, and also they can write letters to the, these, the prisoners of the, uh, who are imprisoned for their faith, and um, especially, you know, we listed uh, some Christian prisoners and, you know, on our website, ChinaA.org, 
or I work with the VOM and create this uh, prisoner alert, uh, prisoneralert.com to create a letter campaign. And uh, I also want to urge your listeners to, uh, you know, to pray for the Hong Kongers, for the citizens of Hong Kong who are facing another Tiananmen massacre every day now. The Chinese security already mobilized, some penetrated already into the Hong Kong police and start beating up excessive force, tear gas and uh, even canister a bullet already were fired uh, to the crowd and um, and a bit short distance. So this is very uh, worrisome uh, thing. So please pray, and because many many Hong Kong Christians are actively uh, participating, and uh, they feel enough is enough. It's time really to defend for their freedom and autonomy. Yes, and I would encourage our listeners to pray. And also, the final thing I want to ask our listeners to do, Bob, is to consider financially giving to the work of China aid uh, the many legal uh, representation that you have to uh, provide lawyers, and you also are supporting families of persecuted Christians while their loved ones are being tortured and imprisoned. The fund that you are able to provide, I'm sure, can all Always use extra support. Yes, uh, thank you, Byron, for mentioning that. Um, I mean, all these these activities. Uh, I mean, uh, equipping, encouraging, uh, and exposing. Uh, you know, needs financial support for family prisoners. Uh, we have listed and, and we on the website. And for those uh, the Christmas package, if you want to sponsor, about fifty dollar per package. For those uh, human rights, uh, Christian human rights lawyers, I mean, each case, usually, I mean, they're not making money. So, like, you know, two, three thousand dollars per case, they risk their lives to take up these kind of cases. So, just to consider, you know, uh, from a small amount, uh, if you are a fellow lawyer, you are uh, welcome to adopt a Christian lawyer to pray for him and, of course, to partner with him uh, in support of legal defense projects. And please go to that website, friend, chinaaid.org, chinaaid.org, for all the details that we're talking with. Bob Fu, God bless you, my dear friend. We have to continue on occasion to have you back on the show to talk about the work you're doing with China Aid. I hope you'll be willing to do that. Oh, absolutely. Anytime, Byron. Thank you for having me again. Friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.